0: When you, when you have an encounter with Jesus, he, he changes everything. That's right. And, and he wants to meet with you today. And We've been singing songs, and they're powerful songs, and we've been hearing declarations of freedom. And he wants you to know that you can be free today in a way that you've never been, maybe, in the whole of your life. And it says in chapter 3 and verse his intent was that now through the church that's you and me the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in him and through faith in him we we may approach God with freedom and confidence I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are for your glory. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. According to His power that is worked within us, <laughs> to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. And you could just read the Bible and say, "Amen." Amazing. Teaching coffees. Life <laughs> oh, is amazing. Amen. When we begin our walk with God. Or maybe you're looking into, what does it mean to walk with Jesus? And you're thinking about that and you can see people around you. Or maybe it's when someone gives a prophetic word from God and says, this is what God says about you. This is God's assessment of you. This is what God's going to do in you. This is what God's going to do through you. Or this is what God's going to do in and through a local church. We often make a fatal error when we hear it or you make a tragic mistake, we start in the wrong place. We immediately look inwards. So you might be looking at Jesus in the church and you might think, wow, look how these people love one another. Look at their joy. Look at this one's courage. Wow, look at this one's generosity. Wow, look at this one, how they love the Bible. Or look at this one, how they pray. And we look inwards. And we say... Or could I be like them? Do I have the willpower, the courage, the strength, the ability? And we suddenly look inwards and we see our limitations, our weaknesses, our incapacities. Or maybe someone comes to you and says, "You're going to be a great man or great woman of faith. You're going to you're going to you're going to do great things. You're going to share the gospel and the people are going to get saved." And you know that that's your heart. You know that it resonates with you. And you feel, yeah, that's what I'm called to. I'm called to tell people about Jesus and then to meet with Jesus. And then you look at your history and you look inwards and say, but I've never really been very good with words. And I'm not very courageous and I'm not very confident. And so we look inwards and feel, I can't do it. We look at our weaknesses, our capacities. And we place a ceiling upon our lives, a lid upon our lives. And sometimes it can be in an area where we know we want to overcome, and we, we know that this area has held us back, or this thing, this thought, this action, this activity has held us back, and we see it as a great Goliath, <laughs> and we think, I can overcome this if I could just get enough willpower, enough strength. But the verse actually in verse 20 doesn't talk about us at all. He says he wants to do more than we can ask Mm-hmm. which is prayer, and more than we could even imagine, think, according to what? According to our white knuckles? <laughs> mm-hmm. According to our disciplines? According to our courage? Does it say that? According to our history? According to our personality? Does it say that? No, it says according to his power that is at work within us. That's right. See, the, both despair of woe is me and DIY, I'm going to do it myself, are both completely unbiblical mm. responses to who Jesus is. Yeah. Mm. Both despair of, I'm just a worm, wretch that I am, poor old me, how does he put up with me? How could he ever love such a failure mm. as me? Or ah yeah I'm intentional and when God gives a promise I'm going to do it I'm going to make it happen Mm -hmm. both those are completely unbiblical responses and both of them leave you absolutely worn out exhausted and outside of rest and joy Mm -hmm. and peace how do I know that? you're looking at someone who's wrestled with DIY most of my Christian life (laughs) Um, in two thousand and seven, I had the most remarkable encounter with Jesus, uh, a wonderful encounter, a supernatural encounter with God. and the outshot of it was the upshot of it was a prophetic word that God says, "I want the miraculous and healing in the presence of God to be part of your life." And, 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 and immediately what was my response i 'm going to go to work on this. What do I need to do, God? how am I going to overcome X and Y and Z? What do I need to do? Mm. And then I read a John Wimber quote, who, in, he, him saying he'd wrestled to be good bring the kingdom, bring healing, do the things that God said for him to do. And he said, Jesus said to him, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? <laughs> and Jesus says that in John, doesn't he? Apart from me, you can do Nothing. nothing. I didn't believe that, I thought there must be something I can do, because I don't want to have to trust you, because I want to make sure I'm making it happen. John Wilber says he heard Jesus say, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? And then he says, he went to work again for five years. He'd heard it, but he went to work to try and fix himself, produce goodness, produce character, produce confidence, produce courage. And then Jesus came to him again and said, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? And then he found that in the presence of God, trusting God, being with God, that God was producing new appetites. God was producing goodness in him. God was saying, the kingdom is not something you do for me, the kingdom is something I do in and through you, in relationship. And then the miracles, the healing, the breakthrough, and the sustainability started to come. In 2011, when we went on a trip to Bethel, they do something where you sit and you have three people prophesy over you. And uh, this lady prophesied this over me. She said, God says to you, it's not going to be so hard for you. I'm going to be doing most of the pulling. And then in a very kind and gracious way, she said, it's not that you've been doing anything wrong. I love the way you've stayed in the yoke with me. I love the way. (laughs) So kind. (laughs) But God says, I want to do most of the pulling. And then I came away from that and said, I don't even know what that looks like. What even does that look like? Does that mean, Jesus, you're going to turn up and you're going to do things and heal people and save people and do amazing things and I'm not going to be doing anything and just watching? And for me, I've been on a three and a half year journey of asking the question, what honestly does it look like for you to be the one doing most of the pulling. What does it mean for you to be the big ox and me to be the baby ox? You know how they used to plough in those days. You'd get a big ox and a little ox and the big ox would really do the pulling. But they were training the little ox in the yoke so that they would pull together. But really, it was the big ox doing all the pulling. It's like when you're with your kids and you're saying, Let's carry this together, I really can't carry this without you. <laughs> and you do, you're doing all the carrying, and they said, oh, you say, Oh, you're saying, Please hold it if we don't hold this together. But really, you're doing all the carrying, but you're in it together. And I went on a journey asking the question, What does it mean for it not to be so hard? Because I think it's a really, really important question, mm. and it's taken three and a half years, and I've got the answer. I know, I know how it, I know how it happens. you want to know what it is, don't you? <laughs> You'll have to go on a three and a half year journey yourself, because I'm not sharing all my hard work with you. Yes. <laughs> I know the answer. The answer is Jesus. (laughs) According to Mm. His power, Mm. that's at work within us. Jesus said, I've got bread that you don't know anything about. I've got food that you don't know anything about. I've got water that you don't know anything about. And they said, "What? Well, I do the work of the Father. And so naturally in John, they said, what's the work, what's the work, what's this refreshing work? And he said, to trust and to believe and to rest in the one the Father sent, Jesus. I'm the manna from heaven. I'm the water of life. Trust in me. Look to me. So. These verses says he wants to do more in you than you can ask or imagine. Mm. It's the Holy Spirit at work in you. Not God working vaguely out there. But God working in you is how this life is easier than we imagined And how he does most of the pulling. And how we do bear fruit. Our role is not to produce something for God. It's not what you're called on earth to do. He's not giving you prophetic words. Or showing you a life. In Jesus that you now have to wrestle and be determined and white knuckled and stoically producing for him. You don't have to produce anything for God. You don't even have to overcome the Goliath in your life. Jesus is the greater David. You know when David slays Goliath with five stones... Yeah, we do. We, we learn the courage of David. We, we learn from David that the things that we learn in the secret place have public place opportunities. He learned how to slay the bear and the lion with we a sling, And when he faced Goliath, he'd done it before. But the ultimate picture is Jesus is the greater David, mm. who when faced with the Goliath of Satan, of sin, of death and sickness... Faced the greater David, or the greater Goliath, and at the cross, Mm. defeated it once and for all. And then, in the ultimate sense, made a public spectacle of the principalities and forces that had laughed at humanity and said there's no redemption, no freedom for men and women. Jesus did that as us, for us, Mm. and we were in him so that we might be free. It says in these verses, in him and through him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Tim was praying that. You're not disappointed with me. You're not angry with me. Rob was saying that. You're not angry with me. You've forgiven me. There's no wrath. There's no judgment anymore for, for our sin. In who? In your efforts, in your willpower, in your determination, in your promises, or your reading of the Bible, or your prayer life, or your giving of finances, in your coming to church? No, in Him and through Him. Yeah. That's Amen. what Paul is saying. He said, if you want to be confident before God, and you want to be free before God, it's in Jesus and through Jesus alone. Jesus is the doorway. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes in our... We've mixed it up. We've mixed a bit of Jesus with a bit of law. And so it opens the door for the accuser that the Bible talks about, who whispers in our ear, who says, that breakthrough you were longing for, that was about a ten minute prayer away. If you'd have prayed ten minutes longer, God would come (laughs) in. But because you're so lazy and you lack so much discipline, you just missed it. And and you know that fast... For your breakthrough. Well if you'd not eaten that marshmallow, you would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> God saw that and he's angry with you. Because I thought you'd made a promise to you and God and that marshmallow's cost you. Next time be more serious. Although God was going to speak to you if you'd read four chapters but you stopped at two. I'm sorry, just miss. And it's the accuser comes mm. and he has legal access to accuse because our confidence is not in him and through him. Yeah. Our yeah. confidence is in our activities, our performances, yes. our treadmills, our, our, our disciplines. We've missed the <laughs> point. Yes. It's not our seriousness that gets there. It's the goodness and the grace and the wonder of Jesus. yeah. yeah. So the greatest thing a believer can do and the greatest thing you can do if you don't know Jesus is take your eyes off yourself. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years of Old Testament history demonstrate that you cannot make yourself right with God through the law. That's what the whole of the Old Testament is saying. You want to fix yourself up? Well, have a go. You can't even keep the Ten Commandments let alone all the laws that the Pharisees added on. No, And that's what the whole book is saying. There's a saviour yeah. coming who will do it on behalf of you, as you, for you. So that you get credited with his, his glorious perfection. Yes, You get credited into your account his righteousness. You get credited to in your account his perfection. Your debt gets paid off because of Jesus and because of his obedience and willingness. So everything... Listen, the secret is this. Everything is through intimacy and connection with Jesus. Everything. You you dream about being the mum or the dad you want to be. It's through Jesus. You dream about the promises that God has on your life coming to pass. It's going to be through Jesus. You, You look at your life and say, I want to be... I want to become a Christian. I want my life to be transformed. It's going to be through Jesus. It's going to be through intimacy, through connection, through trusting and looking to Jesus. It won't be through you white-knuckling it and trying your hardest to try and become something. He is how you find your strength. He is how you find power. And it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is, this is the life we're called to live. We're called to be like a tree that sticks its roots into the vast reservoir of limitless love. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be those who drink deep of who he is, of his affections, that know that you are positioned in the very centre of love that is so wide and deep and high That it's so vast that you can never get to the edges of it. And you live right in the centre of deep, wonderful affection. That's where you live. When you wake up in the morning and you look at the day before and sometimes we have confidence and boldness before God because we think it was a good day. I did some good things. I. I didn't sin, and I'm coming into your presence, God, to meet with you, because I know you're pleased with me, because I'm pleased with me today. <laughs> I've got confidence and freedom with you today, because I've done well. <laughs> or you wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off, and you go, oh no, and then you, you wake up and you think, I, I ought to pray, because it would be a bad day if I don't, and I ought to read my Bible, because of... Oh dear, if I don't, something really bad and terrible could happen to me, and I don't want that to happen to me, and I don't want him to be angry with me. The last thing I need is God on my back. You know, life's tough enough, unless, and then the eternal ones annoy all with me as well. So I'll please you, and look, God, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're the Bible. Look, I'm reading it for the year, it's January the 3rd, I did three days, so you're really pleased with me. And you know, you wake up in the centre of love. That's what Paul is saying. How wide and high and deep and long is the love of Christ? We need to grasp that love. Yeah. That's where we live. So we—that's why we can be at home in His presence. We have His affection. We have His kindness. We have His love. We have His tenderness. His thoughts towards us outnumber the grains of sand on the beach, and they're all good, and they're all celebratory, and they're all full of. Joy! How can that be? Because when you were his enemy, he loved you. When you were far from him, he loved you. When you were uh, when you were living and, uh, under the, the, the spirit of the air, it says in, in chapter two, and that your life was broken and sinful. You had no mind for God, or mindful of God. You just did whatever you wanted. He loved you. And that's why he sent Jesus to make a way for freedom, for confidence before God. So freedom and confidence means I'm coming right in. I know you love me. Yeah. Yeah. I know you love me. I know you're for me. I know you delight in me. Yeah, I missed the opportunity to share my faith with somebody, but it's got nothing to do with your affection for me. I'm right in the sense of whether I did it or didn't do it. I'm totally and utterly, wonderfully free and confident with God and confident then in life because I know I have one who's going to work everything together for good, for me who loves God. I've got confidence in the circumstances. I've got confidence in your heart. I know that your kindness and your provision is never going to be blocked because it was never based upon my performance in the first place. And To be in the centre of this and to get your roots into it is saying, I choose to engage with biblical truth whether I feel it or not. Feelings can be an indication of engaging with truth and feelings sometimes can be an engagement with lies. You can feel high because you're engaging with truth and sometimes you can feel low because you're believing a lie that's about your performance and your ability and your capacity. We have to start where I'm drilling deep into truth and then feelings will come. You will begin to find an experiential knowing of this. Because he wants us to know it. Emotions are a good thing. But we're founded on the truth. You are loved. I am loved. Regardless of my performance. And how well I'm doing. He always dwells close to you. Paul goes as far as to say Christ. By faith. By faith. He dwells in our heart. In other words, there's a door called Jesus. You go through that door, believing it, and he comes and makes his home in you by faith. Faith, we said, is the ability to see the promise and receive the promise, and faith is a gift. That's what happens when you become a believer. You get gift of faith, and you think, Jesus, you really are who you say you are, and the gospel is really what you say it is. I'm going through that door. And then Christ dwells in your heart. Remember we sing that song, there's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be than here in your love. God says that over us. There's no place I would rather be than in your heart. (laughs) In your heart. I want to be in your heart. I'm in your heart. There's no place I would rather be. I've I've made your heart my home. And our response to that is, there's a song that says, yeah, I'm making my heart your home, God. had this picture the other day. that His love is like Niagara Falls. And it's constant. You know that place, the waterfall, pounding water. And it's just constant. That's his love towards you all the time. Mm. And our response, our choice is, God, I choose to position myself under that love. Mm. I choose to believe the truth of what you say about your son Jesus and what you Mm. say you achieve through the cross. I choose to believe... That it's not my effort, but it's your love. I choose to believe what you say about the good news. That it's Jesus plus nothing. It's Jesus alone. And then you begin to engage with that and your heart begins to line up with that. The whole of life is this. Walk by the Spirit. Sow to the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Even phrases I've used countless times over the last 28 years, like God is challenging me about this and God has put his finger on that, are okay. Because I'm not saying convictions wrong and I'm not saying repentance is wrong, but have you ever, even I heard myself a few years ago preaching and saying, you know, there's a house and God's clearing all the rooms and he opens up another door and says, here's another room we need to clear together and you think, oh dear, I thought we were okay. Now there's another messy room. And then you go to work on the messy room, and so I'm going to deal with this, and I'm going to deal with that, and I'm going to deal with that. I'm not saying repentance is wrong, and I'm not saying seriousness about sin is wrong. I'm just saying the focus is wrong. Yeah. Freedom and yeah. sanctification, they're all a process of receiving love. That's where freedom comes from. I'm, yeah. I'm sowing to the Spirit. I'm walking by the Spirit. I'm living by that. My pro- I'm not project life. What's yeah. my next Project. What's my next area of project? Yeah. It's not that at all. It's not that the fruit of the Spirit are a number of projects. Well, this is my joy project. This is my peace project. I'm now on a faithfulness project, or a self-control project, or a kindness project. I'm working on kindness. No, it's, it's the fullness of God is in your belly. Yeah. And as you walk with Him and so to Him, He just rubs off on you. He, yes. this person, the Holy Spirit You don't just get a little bit of the person, the Holy Spirit You get the very fullness of God yes. Holy Spirit hasn't broken himself up in little chunks and got a little bit of the Spirit You've got the whole of the Spirit You've got the whole of God living in you yeah. And so freedom and confidence And transformation and goodness and fruit Are all the product of abiding and walking And trusting and loving and intimacy and connection And just loving him yeah. And then you find it rubbing off on you Yeah See, I, this is this is where I'm at right now, and this is what I'm saying to God. We, we go out treasure hunting once a month, okay? We do an hour, and I go into courageous gospel evangelist mode. We pray for the sick, and we we share and we prophesy, and actually people do get healed and people do get breakthroughs because He's so good. And then I go back to normal Jamie mode, earphones in. <laughs> don't see anybody. Don't want to see anybody. Not really wanting to just do anything courageous. Then, the, then it's that month again. Oh, he's back. The once, yeah, I can do it for an hour. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for the hour to be over. I can, I can be bold and courageous for an hour, and then I got to go back to normal mode. It's good. It's a way of learning, and I'm changing so much through the steps of obedience. But I just think there's something more. You. Yes, come I just think there's something about the fullness of God in me. Beautiful. And then I just become who He's made me to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just for you it will we will send this to the present, for you it will look really maybe different. It may be the quiet Barnabas, of us I mean am a son of encouragement. For others it will be the radical Paul preaching on the corner, not scared of anybody. For others, it will be painting. For others, it will be discipleship and teaching and the whole range. And for others, it will just be you just do your job amazingly well and you're just such a joy in the office and you bring peace and harmony yeah, and just fullness of God wherever you are. But Jesus is not a project. Because <laughs> I sometimes feel that we feel like this in the church. We feel heavy and burdened. And then the leadership comes and says, We're all doing treasure hunting. Ah. Oh, and we're terrified. And we're, actually, we're all a bit scared. And then we put there's another weight. Another weight, another weight. Another pressure, another burden. And God says, I don't want to be so hard for you. I want to do most of the pulling. I want to do all the pulling. You're going to be in the yoke with me. But I want it to be, you're so full of me that it just overflows here and overflows there and the joy and the hope and the peace overflows there, and the kindness overflows there, and I speak to your heart, because you know that you're my sheep, and you hear my voice, and I just drop a prophecy in for that one, and speak to you about that one, and you get to pray for that one, and the Jesus in you, he comes and heals that one, and just you're you're not under any pressure, any burden, you're not performing, You there's overflow, your roots are going deep into love, You're not trying to overcome this project and that project and clear this room and clear that room and try to please God because you know he's already pleased with you. And then he begins to do the more than you can ask or imagine in your life. And then he begins to do the more than you can ask or imagine in your marriage. And he begins to do the more than you can ask or imagine in your family and in the and in your workplace, in the church, in the community. And it's all overflow, it's all connection, it's all intimacy. I'm living in the depth and the centre of your love that's higher and wider and surpasses knowledge. And I am full of the fullness of God. I don't know how God fits in you, but he says you can be filled with the very fullness of God. God who's omnipresent, immeasurable, can make his home in your heart. His power works in you. His glorious riches. You get strengthened in the inner heart, in the inner being. Why? Because you're connected to him. And you're connected to him whether you feel it or not. And so you just begin to meditate on This is who I am. Imagine getting up in the morning. I'm filled with the very fullness of God. God's made his home in my heart. There's no place he would rather be. I've got freedom. I've got confidence with God. I've got freedom and confidence to be who he's made me to be. I'm not living under heavy yokes and heavy weights any longer. I'm not trying to please him because he's already pleased with me. I'm not trying to self-improve because he loves me just as I am. It's not some future version that he loves of you. It's you today. It's not the more courageous, a more holy, a more sanctified, a more mature version. It's you today, just as you are. And as you love him, and be with him, and look to him, and do the work of trusting him, and as you feel his heart, and he prompts you with love, you'll do things that you never thought you were ever able to do. You'll have adventures that you never thought you would ever have. You'll see things happen that you would never have believed in a million years. His thoughts are greater than your thoughts. His Ideas for you are greater than you're asking. You'll begin to see transformation in things you never thought you would see. You'll see people come to Christ and you'll see people get healed. And you'll see a peace released in your family, in your workplace, in your circumstances that you never thought you could ever do because you thought, I'm not that influential. And you'll find yourself being the most influential person in the room because the God of all hope is in your belly. And hope transforms. And the one who has the most hope has the most influence wherever they are. And you'll be the hope giver. You'll be the one who has answers. You'll be the one who's coming to ask you, what is it you've got? I want to know. And you're not doing anything. You're just loving God and loving people. He just wants to break off the idea of Jesus plus anything. Jesus plus anything spoils everything. It's Jesus alone. Amen. Everybody's a stand Vice to stand yeah Lord Jesus thank you for the good news thank you for the good news Yeah, this is the work, to believe in him and to believe what he's done for you. Yes, thank you. It's really, really good news. I just say freedom and confidence from going to work on projects in your own heart and life. And freedom to love Jesus and know that Jesus is going to go to work on the projects as a byproduct of intimacy. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm not saying that it's wrong to get counselling. I'm not saying it's wrong. It can be all the process. But even in the untangling that sometimes happens in counselling is still coming to Jesus mm. for the strength and the power to do the things yeah. that maybe the wisdom of the counsellor is bringing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the doctors or any of those things. I'm, I'm just saying the do-it-yourself or the yeah. despairing is not, mm. is not the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we just say, let there be greater levels of yes. just enjoying God. Yes. Springing in our heart, greater levels of confidence and freedom. yes, Greater levels of knowing who you are because you the love of God. Yeah, we say, Holy Spirit, cause us to wake up with songs in the morning. Yes. Cause us to wake up with new songs of delight of God. Yeah, we say, do the more that we can ask or imagine in our community not because we're trying really hard, mm. but just we're loving God. He's all over the Jesus' I just you. want to say to any of you, you may not be a believer or a Christian this morning, yeah. there is a door, it's called Jesus Christ. Yeah. You don't have to get yourself fit to go through the door, you just have to go through the door and he'll meet you and he's beckoning yeah. you. He can meet with you today. He can meet with you today. You can start on a wonderful journey of walking with this amazing person called Jesus who absolutely loves you so deeply and dearly. And the tenderness in his eyes towards you of oh, love and warmth is so enormous and beautiful. He looks at you with a kind of look that actually is so tender and loving that actually you almost want to turn away because he's so penetratingly loving. beautiful. Yeah. And that's how he looks at you today. He's just saying, come on in. (laughs) Come home. I just want to love on you. I want to deal with your heart. I'll do all that stuff. But just come on home. Come to the Father. I want to introduce you to the Father. I want to introduce you to Holy Spirit. I absolutely love you. Mm. With such a passion. Real, real passion. The kind of, you can look in his eyes and you see the kind of love that you can't even write about. (laughs) He's just so deep and dear and tender and yeah. strong. And he loves you like that. And he wants you to be home and he wants to love on you. Don't fix your own life up. Let him come in your heart and enjoy him. Mm. Don't try and get yourself ready and right to come home. Just come home just as you are, mm. without one single. He'd just love to talk with mm. any and pray for him mm. and be with you. He wants to meet with you this morning. Mm. Mm. Amen.